0: I want to have you go over to the book of James in the New Testament in just a moment. I want to share a few things first with you. You know, it's not enough just to say that we believe something, and according to the Word of God, we actually learn to do the things we believe. In fact, if we don't do the things we believe, it's kind of like we don't believe them at all. The Scripture says in Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2, "What uh, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all of his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord God will set you high above all nations on earth, and these blessings shall come on you and overtake you, if you hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. That word hearken is interesting, I don't normally read that much out of the King James Version. But it's interesting because it literally is, is full of meaning. It means to hear with an attitude to actually do what you hear. It's not enough just to hear sounds or have an idea how we should live as Christians. We actually have to follow up with that with our behavior and our conduct and our actions. So it involves hearing and that means having ears to hear. Repeatedly Jesus made this phrase in scripture, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. And we're not talking about the paddles on the side of your head today. We're talking about a spiritual ear, a spiritual hearing that goes beyond physical sounds. Some people can hear the sounds today. Some people could hear the sermon today. Some people can be here and physically know that they're being ministered to the Word of God, but some will not hear in their spirit what God is actually saying. The other side of hearken is the doing. Again, if we don't really believe, we won't do. And doing means applying the things that you actually hear. James 1 22 tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving ourselves. Sometimes we'll sit in church and we'll think, well, that's great. I heard that message. Now everything's going to be great in my life. Everything's going to be perfected. Nothing will ever be a problem again. No, it's not just in hearing what you uh, have heard. It's in doing the things that you hear that actually releases the power of God in your life to accomplish those things. So keep that in mind. And if we just hear and think everything's going to be perfect, we're deceiving ourselves because hearing is not enough. Is hearing important? Of course it is. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. At the same time, if that's all we do is hear, we're never going to see much results. You know, we've seen a lot of things uh, that God has done through the years. I always go back to my dad that had Wegner's disease in the, late, uh, in the early 80s. And here he is, 87 years old, sitting on the front row of church, alive. We get to enjoy his presence. You say, will you ever stop talking about that? No, because that's, that's our story. Amen? The truth of the matter, if he tried to get out of here early, mom would kill him. So the reality is that he has to stay a while. But we think about the things God has done and people being healed and delivered and supernatural provision when you didn't think that there was any way to pay that bill and relationships restored when everything was falling apart. He does all things well. I'll never stop bragging on God. You know, one Wednesday in March when COVID broke out, David was sitting right over here. And he slumped over and he died in the middle of my sermon. But I'm telling you right now, if you try to die today in my sermon, I'm going to kill you. No, you're going to live and not die. That's, that's one and done. Amen? Amen. But you know what happened is people prayed and professionals tended to him. And within 30 minutes, he was sitting up in the ER talking. That's your God, people. That's what God can do. Amen. Hey, you haven't been in the ministry until you preach somebody to death. Amen. So, glory to God. Look at somebody and say one and done. (laughs) But I want to be, uh, you know, an encouragement to you today that there is a crisis of believing across the church, particularly in Western Christianity in America. Uh, We often use the term Lord, but then we turn right around and don't do what he says. If he's Lord, then we're going to do what he tells us to do. We often call call ourselves Christians, but then don't act very Christ-like. Oftentimes we say we're members of the body, but then we run around acting like we're actually amputated from it and separated from it. We boldly say we walk by faith and not by sight, but even the little tiny thing going on can shut down our faith and keep us from being faithful to God and even to his house. We say the Word is first place and full of authority, but then we make it the very last place we go to for counsel. We'll talk to Fred and George and Mary and Harry, and we'll go to this counselor and that psychologist read this book and read that book. And then when all that fails them, well, I wonder if God has something to say about this. Can I tell you something? Go to God first. He's the truth. Amen? And the truth of Scripture says that when you apply it, will actually make you free. So we believe that God is able to restore and you do a thing called supernatural increase in our lives. Whatever deficit we have, it could be in terms of relationships, it could be health, it could be finances. He does all things well. This gospel and the word of God is filled with good news and it's filled with stories of the God who came through for people if they heard and then did what he told them to do. If they listened and then applied the things that he said. You know, for example... Peter was told to uh, throw his net on a certain side of the boat. And when he obeyed, guess what happened? They had a a net, you know, breaking, boat-sinking catch. Well, in the natural, it didn't make any sense. He said, Lord, we've been fishing all night long. Well, because you say so, then we'll put it down. And they did. How do we know Peter believed Jesus? Because he put the net down. On occasion, Jesus said to Peter, because we had to pay our taxes, he said, go, you know, go out and catch a fish. And the first fish you catch, open up his mouth and there'll be a coin in its mouth. How do you like to have some of those fish in your pond? Amen. Where you pull them out, and there's a corn out there? Well, how do we know he believed? Because he went down and he did what the Lord said to do. The proof of the belief was that he actually acted on what the Lord said. I think about the woman in the Old Testament who was going to die because of the famine. And the prophet said to her, first make me a cake, then make one for your son and for you. Well, that seems strange in the middle of a famine to ask a woman who has nothing to provide for you. But it was a prophetic word from God for her. And how do we know she believed? Because she did it, and the meal never ran dry. The oil continued to flow out throughout that entire famine period. And they were supplied because God is faithful to his word. You know, uh, Naaman, the Assyrian general, was told to dip down the Jordan seven times to be healed of his his leprosy. And even though he balked initially, how do we know he ended up believing? Because he went down and he did it. When he came up, his flesh was like a newborn baby. You think about uh, the ten lepers, they cried out to the Lord, have mercy on them. And he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going in that direction, the scripture says that they were healed of their leprosy. We know that one came back to thank him, but the point is, how do we know the ten lepers believed him? Because they did it. They knew the only reason they would go to show themselves to the priests was to get evidence and documentation that they were in fact healed, according to the religious leaders. yes. He told the man that was born blind, Go wash in the pool. How do we know that he believed Jesus? He washed in the pool and he came home seeing. You see, you get the pattern here throughout the Word of God. If we hear and then do, something happens in our lives. There's a man with a withered hand. Jesus simply said, Stretch out your hand. And when he did, the hand was completely restored. How do we know he believed Jesus? because he stretched out his hand isn't this terribly complicated look at somebody and say it hear and do that's the pattern in scripture I love the story of the city of Jericho the first city in the promised land they were to take they were told to march around the city how many times and on that last day what were they supposed to do they were going to shout and trumpets were going to blast what happened when they did now how do we know that Joshua believed God because they marched around. And you know what I think? God also told him through Joshua, the people through Joshua, don't let the people talk while they're marching. You wanna know why? Joshua was an idiot. I can't believe we're doing this. This is never going to work. He told him just to be quiet. (laughs) We know Joshua believed because he did what God told him to do. And what happened was the walls came down and the victory was theirs. Hear and do is a, a, a really, common sense approach, practical approach to the Word of God, but from cover to cover, when God's people hear and they do it, something great happens. And God is no respecter of persons. Well I'm not perfect so God can't do it in my life, I've not arrived so God can't do that in my life, that's not even relevant. This Assyrian general was not exactly on fire for God and yet God provided for them. You know I want to go to James for a moment if you found it in your Bible. And read this scripture to you from James chapter one, and give you some principles for the doer today. Say that we'll be boldly. I'm a doer of the word of God. He said, "Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, or prove yourselves obedient to the word for the Weymouth translation. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks into, intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. They'll find blessing in, in, in every act of obedience according to a Now how many you know it's important when you get up in the morning to, to look in the mirror? Raise your hand if you got up this morning and looked in the mirror at least once. Twice, be honest. Three times. How many are looking at the mirror right now? Isn't it important to know that you you don't have Gumby head? Your hair's all matted over here. Isn't it important to know there's no big booger sticking out of your nose when you come to church? You looked at yourself, you glanced at yourself, but you came to church anyway and now everybody's trying to tell you about that thing that's growing in your nose. That's just a natural application of a spiritual principle here. We tend to forget what we look like if we don't pay attention to what we're looking at. So what happens when we have hearing without doing? First of all, hearing without doing causes deception in our lives. We don't need more deception right now in this crazy world. Can I have any agreement out there? It's crazy enough. But if we hear and don't do, it invokes deception in our lives. Secondly, hearing without doing makes us forget the things that we actually have heard. In other words, when we hear without doing, our recall of the things of God begins to diminish. Our recall of Scripture, our recall of our values, our recall of our truth as people of God third hearing without doing blocks the blessing the blessing's important according to the word of god the bible is really about that thing called the blessing god blessed us in genesis 1 and genesis 3 because of sin we lost the blessing but jesus came according to galatians chapter 3:14 and he redeemed us from the curse Because he hung on a tree became a curse for us in order that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. What is that blessing? It's the empowerment to succeed. It's the empowerment to excel. It's the empowerment to increase in every area of life. And that's what he did for us. But that blessing walking in that blessing, watching God touch every aspect of your life. It's His will on this planet, and it's His will in the life to come that you walk in that blessing. But you're going to find out, just like Deuteronomy 28, most of the manifestation comes to people that hear and do. If you hear without doing, you actually block the blessing In your life. And then, fourth, hearing without doing indicates a dead, lifeless, and fruitless faith because the Bible says, without faith, without works, your faith is what? It's dead. And the Christian faith is kind of simple. If you think about it this way, we don't work so that He will love us and save us. We're saved by faith. We all have fallen short, we've all sinned, we all need a Savior. The pathway to being right with God is not some weird experience that people talk about, the new birth. Actually, it's believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead after paying for our sins, and then it's confessing him with your mouth. The Bible says confession is made unto salvation. It's not complicated at all. It's not about what you do. It's about what he did. And everybody in this room is at different you know, levels in terms of their walk with God. We're all at different places, but we all start the same way. So we don't work so that he will love us and he'll save us. We work and we have deeds and we actually take action because he saved us. That's the fundamental difference. If you understand that, that that this very, very simple, you know, recipe for lack of a better word, if you'll just give your life to Christ and then find out what he says in his word and then do what he says in his word, you'll walk in the blessing. God will do phenomenal things in your life as well. And I'm not promising you, you know, a little bubble existence where nothing ever is going to happen that goes wrong. The Bible says in this world you will have what? Trouble. But he said these words, be of good cheer. I have what? Overcome. So your faith doesn't protect you from things coming at you, but your faith assures that if you will hear and do, that you will overcome everything thrown at you. Whatever you're going through right now, this thing didn't come to stay. It came to pass. And the way you do that is making sure that today and tomorrow and the next day you're living for him and that you're applying your life to him by listening to what his word says and then saying, you know what, to the best of my ability, I'm going to do what the word says. The promise of scripture is, according to James, you'll be blessed in your doing. You'll be blessed in the things that you do. God loves you so much, I think he wanted to make it simple for us. Religion complicated it, professional ministers complicated it, but it's very simple. Give your life to Christ, live according to his word, do what his word says, and then watch him move. Watch him do what only he can do. He's not interested in religion. He's interested in having a relationship with you. You knowing him and him knowing you. There are four simple steps, according to James, to be a doer. This too is simple, but it's very powerful if you apply it to your life today. First of all, we look intently into the perfect law that gives liberty. We look intently into the Word of God. Intently means earnestly and with eager attention. You've got focus. You're actually, you care about what this book says. This is not some dated, dusty thing that doesn't relate to your life. It relates to your life in every way. It's just sometimes that's not communicated the way it should be, and it's lost on us. But we look intently into what the Bible says and compares itself to a mirror. We look intently into the law that gives liberty. I don't know what's trying to bind you up today. I don't know what's trying to discourage you or depress you or hurt you. I don't know what's trying to take the life and, and literally punch you in the gut. I don't know what's going on. But I do on this. If you will look intently into that word, it's going to produce liberty and freedom. Even if everything on the outside has not been settled, you're going to have peace on the inside. You're going to have help on the inside for that situation. Everybody's going through something but not everybody walks in peace in the midst of it. The Word assures you that you can. The second key is we continue over time to look intently into the Word. We can not get excited today or this week about the Word of God and then set it on a shelf somewhere. People that take in the Word daily and then do what it says, they set up a pattern and a habit in life that produces continual breakthrough and blessing in their life. It takes a little bit of discipline, yes. But how many have ever binge-watched something on Netflix? Well, Pastor, I just don't have time to read the Word of God and apply it to my life. I'm watching 20 episodes of this particular series, and boy, is it good. And then when it's over, you cry. <laughs> so sad, it's over. So it's really not about time. It's really not about the ability to focus on things. It's about learning to focus on what? The right things. Because even though you may enjoy that show, it's not going to change your life. But this will, in a very positive and practical way. Number three, we remember what we heard. In other words, we maintain active revelation and understanding of the things that we've actually heard in his word. What I mean is if we will look intently and keep on looking intently, you're gonna have recall of the things that he says. Supernaturally, he'll remind you of what you have learned, what you have heard. The spirit of God will bring these things up in your spirit at the most opportune times when you need him the most. It's not just about memorizing everything. How many understand just because you can memorize something doesn't mean you're gonna actually do it. One of my teachers, you know, in, in school, he actually went to, he went to Harvard and his New Testament instructor had the entire Greek New Testament memorized. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And yet, according to, you know, my friend Moore, he never actually lived out any of that word. It was just professional for him. It was just a piece of literature to him. You see that if it's if it's something that we just get into every once in a while or if we we hear it but we never apply it it's just kind of a you know document to us too a book to us too with not much meaning. I can give you a secret, a powerful secret the power in the Word of God is there to bring itself to pass in your life that's what God has done in his word, but that power is released when we habitually hear it and remember it, and then number four we do it. Nike did not come up with just do it. Come on, say, we do it. We look intently into that book, we keep on looking intently, we remember what we've heard, and then we actually do the things that the word actually says. And here's the promise, you'll be blessed in what you will do. Isn't that an amazing promise? You'll be blessed in what you do what you have heard and you've applied to your life, what you do, the blessing of God is released. Listen to this scripture in Matthew 7 verse 24 through 29. Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine, did you hear him say everyone? I heard the word everyone, so that must mean everyone can in fact do this. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority and not as one of their teachers of the law or one of their Pharisees. In other words, you carry it out or you simply hear it without acting upon it. That's what the second kind of person or soul you know, represented. Well, a couple of things I want to point out to you is it was not the storm that took the house out, it was the foundation. And the foundation is not complicated. The foundation that will, that will preserve you, your life, your household, is a foundation where you listen to the word and then you do what the word of God says. The, the, uh, the other kind of situation where the house was destroyed, they also heard. They heard, but they never got around to what? Doing what the word said. So when the crash came, it wasn't because of the person per se, it was because of the what? The foundation. Say this to me, hearing's not enough. enough. Say it like this, we hear, and then we do. The second thing that struck me about this scripture, particularly this week, is these people heard Jesus teaching in a way that was very different from the Pharisees. And I want to point this out to you. You say, why why did they say this? Why did they make this comment that he doesn't teach like they do, the people we've heard all our lives? Well, first of all, Jesus lived it. A lot of those people that preached it and taught it didn't live it. They had great expectations for the people, but they themselves didn't model it. The second principle is that he actually told them how to apply the word to their lives. He told them, this is what you do. Not just go do this, but here's what you do. The scripture says the Pharisees will put great weights on the people, Jesus said, and not lift a finger to help them do it. We're not helping you if we just tell you what to do without telling you how to do it. This is how you walk this out. This is how you live this life. The third thing that struck me about this is, of course, Jesus, unlike them, he got results. He lived it. He told them how to do it. And he himself got results. That's very different from, you know... People who know all the right things to say and dress the right way and look the right way and play the parts. They're ornamental, they're religious. But sometimes they miss some of the most important matters of the Word of God in their daily application. Jesus said this in Matthew 23, verse 2 The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do what they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Look at somebody and say, ouch. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. My first job was working in a YMCA and preschool aquatic program. I taught little bitty kids how to swim, and they were terrified of me. (laughs) They would sit on on the side there with eyes like saucers waiting for me to pull them into the water, thinking they're never going to live again. (laughs) And I enjoyed doing that to see them. The safety issue alone was great. Now, Me, myself, when I had Red Cross lessons, I was five years old on the pool deck in Marion, Illinois. When the guy came for my turn, I got up and ran down the pool deck. Amen. So I guess I was kind of reaping what I sowed there, wasn't I? Yeah. (laughs) So uh, that was my job. My mom was actually the director of preschool programs and all the aquatic programs as well. And uh, about that time, we all went into what's called water safety instruction where we uh, learned not just how to you know, save lives like a lifeguard, but go to the next level to be able to train people in every aspect of water safety in general. And one of the things we had to do during this training is somebody had to fake a drowning They'd jump off the diving board and go down to the bottom of this pool. And then we individually would have to go down, dive down, pick them up, and then swim them back the long way to the side of the pool, proving that we had our techniques down, our strength down. Everything was just perfect. Well, uh, it was mom's turn. And the person that she had that was the volunteer for that was a guy who I would just say was very much Pharisee-like and very religious. He knew all the right lines, all the right positions, all the things to say. Everything just, you know, was 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 black and white to him and missing oftentimes the the understanding that not everybody is on the same page at the same time, misunderstanding things like compassion and love and patience. You might say he was hyperjudgmental, and I would say that that'd be a good way to put it. You know, people that are that are hyperjudgmental rarely judge themselves with the same standard it's always what they're doing that's wrong instead of focusing on us. You know, if we focus on ourselves, we won't have time to go around judging everybody else. But uh, for some reason, I guess because mom had a pure spirit and his was kind of religious, I guess he thought he was going to prove a point to her that day. This guy is my height right now, the height I am right now, and much bigger, much brawnier. I hate to admit it, but he could probably outlift me. He dives into the water and he's at the bottom of the pool waiting for Doris. And I remember saying to myself, this is not going to end well for Kurt. That's the guy's name. This is just not. And I could just see that he he wanted to make some kind of example out of her. So she swam out there and dove right down above him and brought him up. And he decided that he was going to flail like a fish in distress. And he's rolling and he's pitching and he's rolling and he's just really kicking up a fuss. White water everywhere. And I just knew at that moment, I don't know what mom's going to do, but mom's going to do something. You know, you, you cross carry them like this, and you bring them on in, you know. And so she reached under his armpit and grabbed the biggest bunch of hair I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> and pulled. He went, Oh! This is the honest truth, and he was like this the way, all the way in. (laughs) He gets out of the pool, and I looked at him, I said, (laughs) I could have told you that. You know, we just don't do anybody good with that religious spirit. Amen. Look at somebody and say, stop being religious or Doris will pull your armpit hair. Tell them right now. Some of y'all think she just came here to live with Dad, you know, and be here and murder. No, she's my enforcer. <laughs> Amen. You know, um, this simple principle of hear and do will work for anybody in this room. Say anybody. Yeah. Just like the story of the soil, everyone who hears these words and puts them into the practice, everyone, they will stand when the storm hits. They will stand when everyone else is falling. That's what you're called to do. I want you just to bow your heads for a moment as you stand to your feet. And I want you to think about that. Hearing and Doing.